Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm One Dude Parker. I'm back, and I'm dude number two. <laughs> and this uh, this month, our theme is natural disasters. And this episode, we are talking about Twister. Uh, but first, Jeff, welcome back, bro. I missed you, man. I hope your vacation went well. How was everything? Man, it's good. It's, it's good to see your face, to hear your voice. Surely, and not, man. Thanks, not, you too. Not just words on a on a text message. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, vacation was great. Um, got to spend some time in San Antonio. Of course, we've always wanted to see the city, but it also worked out that we got family there. So we got to spend a lot of good time with family. Loved Riverwalk. That was amazing. Would I'd go back just for Riverwalk. Um and then we decided to hit New Orleans for a few days. Interesting experience. I'll leave it at that. But uh, we, I love, we, I love New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't quite meet our expectations, but we still did a lot of cool stuff. I had some yeah. cool experiences, and that's that's pretty much all you could hope for. Um, but no, it's, it's great to be back. Um, oh, I'm all vacationed up, trying to get out of the post-vacation blues funk. <laughs> But uh, luckily, work hadn't been bad, so I felt like I've been able to kind of ease myself in and got to listen to some podcasts. Yeah. And um, especially one in particular, but we'll get into that later. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, welcome back. I'm I'm glad you're back. Um, so, I mean, I know that we've watched Twister, but did you have time in your vacationing? I know, I know, just for personal experience that you've been really busy. So I don't expect much from this question, but have, is there anything else that you've been streaming uh, here lately besides Twister? Well, believe it or not, I'm going to drop two on you. Oh, nice. Okay. Shocked. I am now, shocked. Well, I'm kind of cheating. Actually, both of them are a little bit cheating, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Cause you know, you're not going to fire me. So I got that going for <laughs> me. So. <laughs> so for the first time ever, I got to listen to this podcast called Streaming with Two Dudes, in which I didn't have to hear my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> and we had uh, a co-host uh, named Steen, uh, who's from Immediately No. Uh, her sidekick, Araya, wasn't able to join, but together they do a podcast called Immediately No. Uh, so go check it out. But Steen was great. Y'all were great together. I love the podcast. Y'all yeah, covered it. Was a lot of fun contagion man just hearing y'all talk about it and just and just everything we went through with covid Dude. It, it was just i can imagine how freaky i hadn't watched the movie yet but just listen to y'all i'm like that had to be really freaky to watch that just it, you know. i mean it was freaky like honestly it was freaky watching it post covid and so i can't i can't even imagine like if you if the first time you had watched it was like during covid like how much more freakier it would have been because i mean the the amount of things that they had right and knowing like the things that we would have known around, you know, certain times of this during COVID, you know, that we were getting certain symptoms and stuff. And it was just like, Oh man, is this what we're in for? Yeah, definitely would have 
oh man it was it was it was it was pretty creepy at this point so i can only imagine like then yeah like why it would have caused so much controversy and and like i said steen was great but i do have one bone to pick with her i I don't know if she's listening or if she will have a chance to listen but steen you gave parker an a plus (laughs) she didn't drop it down to an a so oh did she yeah my substitute teacher she was a cool substitute so hey all right, I, I'll get her a little slack. Because <laughs> I'm like, don't give the boy an A plus. I've never given him an A plus. <laughs> he's gonna get cocky and arrogant. Uh, you know, he'll put on his resume and all that stupid stuff. But no, I'm glad she lowered it down to an A. But I mean, as far as I can tell, you it sounds like you did give a pretty good recap. But uh, but the other thing I was going to talk about, I was surprised on that one, is. This will be the first time I talk about a book. Oh, okay. Uh, I think you're probably a much bigger reader than I am. Um, eh, not that much. I wouldn't okay. say I'm that big of a reader, but I get yeah. probably about a good maybe six books a year, probably. So I'm not okay. heavy. That's probably about five and a half more than me per year. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And I, I don't know why. I mean, I, when when I do decide to read a book... Uh, I, I usually enjoy it. Now, I will preface by saying that I didn't actually read this book. It, it was an audio book. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's how I do it anyway. So you're, you're okay. You're, good yeah, deal. Yeah. This I reminds me. Of, like, actually, I just remember a part two in the series that I that I really enjoyed. Like the first book of just came out like not too long ago, and I really needed to listen to it. So I'm glad you said that. But keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh go no, you're, with the, you're go good. With the you're good. Deal. So yeah. Uh, Steph and I decided, you know what, because we actually drove to San Antonio, yeah, which we hadn't originally planned on doing. We were going to fly into San Antonio and then rent a car and drive back and hit New Orleans on the way home, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. So we actually, we actually decided to drive both ways, save a little money on airline, rental car. Plus, I don't know about you, but man, I hate packing for, for a flight. To, to <laughs> me, it's just, it's so stressful. But man, when, when you can take your car, like man, yeah. we don't we don't care. We just yeah. throw it all in there. It's just so. But anyway, see for me, it's not really the packing part. It's the it's when you're out and you're having to buy like souvenirs and things because it's just like oh, I really don't want to have to like ship anything home or like well, yeah. pay for an extra carry or for an extra like. And 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 that played a part bag. too. Yeah. And if, and if I'm being honest, what played a huge role was. When I was in New Orleans, I kind of wanted to be sure I had some firearm on me. <laughs> a little bit more difficult when you're flying. <laughs> yeah. So that helped a little bit too. But not. Nah, we decided to do an audio book, which I'm not sure why we haven't done this on every trip. Now, we've done it a couple of times before, especially when we were driving, you know, like a real long distance like this one. Yeah. But we uh, listened to the book, Where the Crawdads Sing. Okay. I don't know if you've read that. I have um, done that. I was only familiar with it because I know the movie came out in the last year or so. It's been fairly recent. Yeah. Uh, I know it's it's on Netflix now. We haven't got a chance to watch the movie. Definitely want to watch the movie. I know Taylor Swift, an original song for it. But, man, it was such a good book. I highly recommend it. Uh, excited to watch the movie. This is one of the few rare occasions in which I'm going to watch a movie after having read or heard the book. Yeah. Because um, I don't read a lot um, because I'm such a visual person that it almost annoys me to read a book and not 
be able to put some kind of visual picture to it if that makes yeah. any sense i, I kind of uh, get it but see like i don't know i've there's a few occasions that i've actually done that and the only two that i can really remember that i've done that with is the movie slash book of holes have you ever seen that movie holes shia with, yeah with shia LaBeouf. I, oh, oh yeah so i read the book i read the book on that one um because i was a big fan of like the wayside school books i don't know if you ever read those or if you're familiar with those but the same author that did that wrote the book for holes so whenever he wrote when he came out with that book i was like really excited about it and i read it um and that was actually like one of the first like longer novels i guess that i wrote that i read um and then um the other one was the first harry potter oh okay the sorcerer's stone yeah i i read that one before the the movie came out so yeah the only other one that comes to mind (laughs) was probably uh because of win dixie (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, I think my son was probably in elementary or middle school, and it was a reading assignment. So we read it as a family. Yeah. And and then as luck would have it, you know, two years later, they make a movie on it. So I was like, heck yeah. But uh, so, yeah, we, we were kind of intentional about um, picking a book. In which you know my wife knew that I could watch the movie later because yeah uh, now we did listen to two other books um, like I said there's such long drives that there is no movie version so I was a little bummed about that but they, they were good books as well maybe one day man who knows but she said she said it's <laughs> a she said it's a much lesser known author so she said yeah. I don't anticipate you know her, her movies being made into books but you maybe like. Maybe Lifetime or Hallmark because it, oh, it was one of those kind of movie. It's one of those kind of books, like young adult, high school, romantical, as I like to say. <laughs> okay, but no, where the crawdad sing was incredible. It was such a unique, creative story. Uh-huh. Um, it, it was great. Highly, highly recommend it. I'll, I'll probably talk about it once we watch the movie because you know you always hear people that read, "Oh, the book is so much better than the movie." And, yeah all that kind of stuff. And of course I don't read enough to really, you know, be able to say one way or the other. So I'll yeah. be able to tell, I'll be able to tell on this one. So I am bummed a little bit though, because I actually just read an hour or two ago that the movie was filmed in and around new Orleans. Oh, and I was so like, you could, have been like oh, you could have connected the dots. Yeah. Because I mean, cause we've not got to do it often, but we love being in places where there's TV shows or movies that we're familiar with. Yeah. And, 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 you know, sometimes you can even do like a tour or just do your own exploring. I know maybe even me and you have joked about, you know, doing a podcast from Atlanta and being able to tour some of the stranger things. And I think maybe even, I mean, it's a Cobra Kai, maybe, I don't know. There's a couple couple of them from there. Yeah. So, but yeah, we, we just, we, we love being in areas, you know, where certain films or shows were filmed, but Unfortunately, I didn't find out till after the fact um, that it, just about all of it was filmed near or New Orleans or right in New Orleans. But that's cool. So anyway, I've blabbed long. I told you I had a lot of pent up energy since. No, I've man, this, to... is, this is great. It's great. <laughs> this is great. So how about you? What, what you've been streaming? Um, Honestly, I have. I, I kind of talked about it last week with Steam, but I mean, honestly, the only thing I've really been having time for is love is blind um and then of course you know what was it 
was it just me or was Steen kind of taken back by that? <laughs> she was kind of shocked. She was shocked. She was, I, I did get her with that one because she was like, okay. Like I even got to see her face. So it was, it was extra, it was extra um, amused. She was like, she had, she had the whole thing. But yeah, um, then I got to watch the, uh, the continuation of that. And then there's still, um, there's still, I think the last one or two episodes left. And man, my opinion on some people changed. So um, it's I kind of like the way that they've released them this time because um, me and uh, like it kind of like kind of like like allows you to like talk about it the way they're coming out in a, like a different way than I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess like you know the old the olden days <laughs> you know, like when they released shows like one at a time, uh, one a week. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I I'm enjoying that show. It's always fun. Um, and then other than that, man, just uh, I've just been jamming out to music and um, listening to podcasts and watching dumb YouTube videos. <laughs> Nothing really much. Um, but do you have anything that? I mean, I'm sure you do because this movie. I mean, I'm sure you, this is probably one of the few films that you and I both are very familiar with, I feel like, because I was about eight or nine when this movie came out. So this was all, this is my jam when I was a kid. Uh, I, I probably watched this 20 times within like the first year or two that it came out on VHS. And I can remember all the, the pro, like I can remember this being like the flying cow movie, like before it you know hit theaters and before anybody saw it, it was like oh that's the flying cows and it was like featured in the trailers. Um, of course, we're talking about Twister, uh, released in nineteen ninety six. Um, Jeff, what can you tell me about this? Because I'm sure you have great information about it, dude. This is another one of those movies, kind of like was. Was Space Jam the last one we did together? I think so. I think okay. Yeah. Similar to that, where there's just tons of information out there. And the funny thing was, uh, I usually stick with like trivia and, you know, interesting facts, tidbits or whatnot. But, you know, as you know, anytime you're researching a movie, there's always a section of goofs. Yeah. Um, and I don't generally spend a lot of time on that unless it's a movie where there's just not a lot of facts or trivia. Uh, so I had plenty of that for, for Twister. So, but I just happened to look at the goose and dude, there's like several, several pages. I was yeah. like, there's like, there's no way I'm going to read through all that. I've got plenty yeah, of information. Yeah, I'm sure. But, but a lot of it was just because I don't know how much of it was should is fairly categorized as goose because it's a movie meant for entertainment. So they're like, well, scientifically, oh, you know, yeah, during, yeah, during, yeah. A, during a tornado. So to me, it wasn't, there wasn't necessarily a lot of goofs as it was. It's just, I mean, it was, you know, glamorized, you know, Hollywood eyes, whatever, whatever yeah. you call it. But, but anyway, so yes, uh, I'll start, I'll usually start with the cast. So I won't, I won't change that up, but you know, the main character, Helen Hunt, who played Dr. Joe Harding, yeah. uh, most people probably know her from her days on Mad About You. She won multiple Emmy Awards for that role. Um, okay, can also... I just say real quick? I haven't really, um, I haven't really watched this movie in a long time, honestly. 
Yeah, this and is I my can, first time probably in about 15, 20 years. So. Yeah, I mean, I probably watched it, I mean, maybe like when I was in high school, it was probably doing like a TNT run, you know? But um, I remember Helen Hunt being, you know, of course I was younger, but I can remember her being a lot older in this movie. And I guess now that I'm in my like 30s and... I've never found Helen Hunt more attractive than I did watching this movie. I was like, hmm, Helen Hunt, I see you in that now in that in that tank top, girl. Um but yeah, go go on, go on. Sorry, I just had to point that out. Oh no, you're good. Yeah, she played in uh some other roles. Peggy Sue got married as good mm-hmm. as it gets, which she actually won an Academy Award for. Yeah. Pay it forward, what women want, cast away. Soul Surfer. And of course, she's done a lot of TV work. That's probably what she was predominantly known for. And then, of course, like a lot of actors and actresses, she's gotten a lot into producing and directing as she's gotten older. Um, and actually, the director, I'll probably mispronounce the name. I'm just going to say John DeBont. Didn't generally like working with actors, uh, kind of like A-list actors, because of their demanding nature and diva behavior. Uh you know, prefers to go with the lesser known actors um, because he he didn't want to draw away from the, the attention of the main star, which was the Tornadoes. Yeah. Uh, and I guess at the time, Helen Hunt maybe wasn't considered an A-list because she was mainly, you know, known for sitcoms. Mm-hmm. But he said that it was the hardest actor to cast because, I mean, he knew he wanted her because of her strong persona, her ability to boss people around. Um However, the studio was puzzled over this choice, so they required him to hold additional auditions. Uh-huh. So he basically just went through the motions. He said it was kind of embarrassing since I had to tell every actress who turned up that he'd already chose Hunt. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, you that know, suck. So, of course, he went to the <laughs> studio. I was like, hey, I was unable to find a more suitable actress than Helen Hunt. So, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that made him go through the you know jump through hoops and stuff. Um, so the next big one was obviously Bill Paxton, who played Bill Harding, or as I like to call him, the Tornado Whisperer. Yeah. Uh, of course, he was in Aliens, Apollo thirteen, Hatfields and McCoys. Did you watch Hatfields and McCoys? It was like a mini series. Dude, I did. Um, well, at least I remember watching like the first couple of episodes. I don't think I wound up. I think I wound up missing like one of them, and then I just never caught back up with it okay because it was you know going on at the you know like they were dropping like one a week or whatever and it was okay. like a limited run so i knew i'd and then i just never caught back up but yeah it was, it was fantastic i highly recommend yeah. that one uh he's also in tombstone terminator and a little interesting fact he was the only actor to have been killed by a terminator an alien a predator the grin reaper and a serial killer oh nice he's the only that's that's that sounds like a baseball stat since they are always doing all these <laughs> wacky stats. Uh, and he actually almost got the lead role in 1990s Darkman or Darkman. Uh, yeah. he, he told his friend Liam Neeson about his audition. And guess who got the role? Liam Neeson. I love Darkman. Neeson. <laughs> that was, uh, was Sam Raimi. Paxton was so angry that he did not speak to Neeson for months. Yeah. Uh, so, of course... Fast forward, we're in 2023, and unfortunately, Bill Paxton passed away way too soon at the age of 62 back in 2017. Um, a cool thing, though, um, after he died in 2017, the Spotter Network 
choreographed 200 storm chasers to spell out BP with their GPS tracker blips on a radar display to honor him. That's cool. Uh, I said that kind of tribute's only been done like five times. It was first time it was done for someone who wasn't an actual storm chaser. So another thing with Bill (laughs) Harding, the original choice for the role of Bill Harding was a big A-lister by the name of Tom Hanks. I mean, he read lines with the cast. He chose the character's wardrobe, which actually stayed in the final film. They actually dropped out at pre-production. He just didn't think it was the best fit for him as far as where he was going with his career. But he says, but let me tell you, someone I work with on Apollo 13, his name's Bill Paxton, I think would be a great fit. So there you go. Bill Paxton got it. And then he wound up working with Helen Hunt later on with Castaway. Yep. So yeah, oh, there's a lot of dots between Helen Hunt and some other guys that were um speaking of Helen Hunt, some other guys that were up for the running, Mel Gibson, Uh which you know what women want. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner, Dennis Quay, John Travolta, Richard Gere, John Cusack, Nicholas Cage, Bruce Willis, Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell, and Michael Keaton. (laughs) So Okay. So pretty much everybody that was in the nineties. So they they all the big names were considered. So, I mean, there was a lot of hype for this movie, as you mentioned. I mean, you remember yeah. very well. I was already 20 at the time, but I, I do remember a lot about this movie. Um, I'll only mention two other characters, even though there's, you know, quite a quite a large cast in this one. But Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. You strike me as a type that's probably a big fan of his. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I he's definitely, I definitely love him and like everything that i i've seen him in i've definitely he's not somebody that i've that i've that I seek out but he's one of those people that every time i'm like he elevates everything that he's in yeah yeah in hunger games like loved him in hunger games he was great yeah he's definitely the one he's not necessarily often the lead yeah but man you talk about someone that makes the most of their role yeah or Cap- like- in capote he was a lead and he was great so it's just like you remember him and, and yeah. his character. And he's another guy we lost way too soon. He passed yeah. away in 2014 at the age of 46. Some very interesting names that were mentioned as possible people to play the role of Dustin Davis. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's on the internet, so you can't always trust, but I'll throw it out there. Garth Brooks. <laughs> okay. Mark Cuban. Okay. The owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. And Chris Farley. Chris Farley kind of makes sense, but yeah. the other, other two were to, to me totally out of the left field. You know anyway. who you know who I was thinking when I was watching it, they would have played this role, that role great of Dusty. Who's that? Jack Black. Oh like, yeah. Jack yeah, Black would have yeah. played it great. Um, especially like during like that age. But like I could see Garth Brooks because I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Garth when Garth Brooks was doing his uh, Chris Gaines phase, and he was gonna do the um, he was gonna star in a movie called about the life of Chris Gaines, and it was gonna be like some pop star or whatever. And he that was what the album was about. So he released an album as Chris Gaines, the character, and it was like, and he had like the emo like hair, and I can remember it. I can remember it and everything. You should (laughs) look it up, dude. Look up Chris Gaines. Great stuff. Um, But yeah, um, 
Go on. Sorry about. Oh, you're good. <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'll interrupt your recap too. So yeah, yeah, I know you will. I know I'll you be will. fair. Uh, the last character I'll mention is uh, we've talked about him before. Uh, Mr. Alan Ruck, who played Rabbit, which was his nickname. He was on yeah, the their, their team. Obviously, most people know him from Ferris Bueller. But yep. Parker, what else have we covered on our podcast that featured Mr. Alan Ruck? Oh, I know. I know this. I know this because I, oh my gosh, it was on the tip of my tongue because I was going to bring it up. But now, now that I'm on the spot, I'm not going to think about it. So you might as well. That's fine. Yes. It was uh, Sierra Burgess is a Yes. That was yep. my pick. You hated it. I loved it. So anyway. Yeah. All right. So we're past the characters. Let's start getting some good stuff. I'm going to try to fly through these because I don't want to take up all of our time just with facts. But anyway, okay. obviously the movie did pretty well. Yeah. Budget of budget of ninety two million, box office four hundred and ninety six million, pretty good profit. They received two Academy Award nominations for sound and visual effects, and you had mentioned VHS, which ironically this was the very first movie in the history of entertainment mm-hmm. to be released on DVD. Yep, and the last one released on HD DVD. <laughs> yep, I actually knew that. That's cool. So this was probably before your time, but like obviously, you know, you had HD DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. And in no, Blu-ray, I do remember this. I remember this. And Blu-ray won the battle. But you do remember like VHS versus beta? No, but I do remember the stories. So okay. I know. Yeah. I do know that it existed. And I was also familiar with Laserdisc. Like I was I did uh like my uh my aunt and my uncle, like they had a Laserdisc player. So I actually got to see like laser disc like that was pretty cool okay um, sweet so i got to see a little bit of that stuff but i never actually saw a beta player so yeah I, I don't think i did either i just remember you know going to the video rental store you know you had two different versions and i always knew we uh-huh. had to pick vhs so i yeah. uh, but yeah it was kind of like hd dvd beta didn't last very long vhs kind of took over but uh so this movie was actually originally shot as an R-rated film that featured quite a bit more profanity and grislier wound details, which yeah. would have been interesting to see. Um, <laughs> but it was actually edited down to a PG-13 in post-production, uh, which caused additional scenes with uh, Carrie Ellis and yeah. Philip Seymour to be left on the cutting room floor due to content alone. And of course, there were other profanities throughout the film that were muted or replaced to secure the PG-13 rating. Which, like most cases, I'm sure that helped their overall box office. Um, But, which I'm not sure. I wonder if the DVD, if if they had like the rated R version on the DVD. Like an unrated version? Yeah. That would be interesting. Especially this type of movie. Mm -hmm. You figure they can get pretty grisly and gory with some of the wounds and stuff. That would be, I wish, uh, dude, if it's out there, I I want to see it. (laughs) I definitely want to see that. It would definitely be be interesting. So, so in case you didn't know, there's actually a sequel coming out, Twisters. Really? Uh, yeah, set to release uh, July 2024. Uh, lady, I say lady, young lady, girl, Daisy Edgar Jones has been cast. And guess what else she starred in? What? Where the Crawdads Sing. So how okay. That's cool that I just listened to that book. Yep. Uh, so a gentleman named Michael Crichton and his wife, Anne Marie Martin, were paid $2 million for this script. 
which at the time made it the single most expensive screenplay ever purchased. Okay. So, yeah. And the project was actually a co-production, which I'm not sure how often this happens. Is I thought it was kind of odd, but it was a tag team effort between Universal Pictures and Warner Brothers Pictures. Huh. Which, which is why in the drive-in, the marquee show Psycho, a Universal release, and The Shining, a Warner Brothers release. Cool. So... All right, so I didn't make that connection. I I definitely didn't either. I, which I, I'm not good with details as far as which movie belongs to which production company and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I am a little bit later, like with things that were like released in my time. But yeah, things that were released before me, probably not. I'll probably get them wrong most of the time. All right. Well, obviously, since the movie primary character is Tornado, there's a lot of references that are connections to another popular Tornado movie in 1939 called the wizard of oz yeah uh, the film's flashback scene shows a young joe having the same breed of dog as dorothy's toto yeah uh, of course the the research device is named dorothy and an even odder connection is in the scene right before aunt meg's house gets hit by the tornado you can see a movie playing on her tv which is the movie a star is born and it's the actress judy garland Oh, cool. Dorothy in The Wizard yeah. of Oz. Don't know if that was intentional, but I'm thinking it probably was. Directors. Did you know that that um so did you know that this is actually I don't know if this is in your tidbits, but I actually just know this little bit of trivia. So I just I just want to be like I just want to feel special for a moment. Sure, throw it um, out there. Did you know that the um the little thing that they were talking about with Dorothy with the sensors, that was actually like a real thing that they had made in the 90s. And um you know what the original device was called? It wasn't called Dorothy, but you want to know what it's called? Toto. Yep. Okay. Yep. You didn't know. Did you know it? Or no, you... I, I just okay. figured it was good. Yeah, it, that was I, a good guess. I figured it'd be a good guess if it wasn't yeah. Dorothy, that it had to be Toto. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. Real. Yeah. So it was actually that. I mean, definitely, I don't think the way it happened is like the real thing, but like that device was actually based on a real thing. Cause I remember seeing, I remember seeing like a little, I don't know if it was actually like, it might have been. Like one of the special features that, like, at the end, like, you remember how they used to do things like that um, on VHS tapes where they would have like special features at the end of it, like when they yeah. were starting to like bring out DVDs and releasing special features, but they would, you know, include them at the end of a, D- a VHS. I think it was like one of those, like, where it was okay. like the real Storm Hunters, you know, or whatever. So, it was okay, like, yeah. But it was like, yeah, it was like showing us Toto and like the thing that it was based on, but yeah. Cool deal. So on a sadder note, filming, of course, took place in Oklahoma and filming was briefly delayed due to the bombing of the Alfred P. Murr Federal Building in Oklahoma City on April 19, 1995. And many of the crew actually went to the site to help with recovery efforts. Oh, wow. So cool connection there. Um, did you watch this movie just recently with like headphones and stuff? I didn't watch it with headphones this time. Okay. No. So obviously this movie is known for its sound. Yeah. Uh, I'd love for it to be re-released with today's technology. I can can imagine what it would sound like. So I listened to it with headphones. So it was no surprise. This next little interesting tidbit, the film was notorious for destroying or damaging surround speakers in theaters worldwide (laughs) because of the, the bass heavy, you know, Uh tones and stuff. So do you want to take a wild guess? at what they use to make the sound of the tornado. 
Um, a train? Nope, it was a recording of a camel's moan was slowed down. Okay. <laughs> like, so there that was you my go. second guess. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, I'm actually a little surprised that the budget was only, what did I say, about like 95 or not, 92 million. Yeah. That, that actually surprised, which I know it's in 96. So, you know, today that's probably close to 150, 200 million. But, but so the production bought eight blocks of houses in the old downtown area of the real town of Wakita, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. for about seven to 10 grand per house. These houses and additional 30 homes built by the production team were subsequently demolished by the film's crew for the scenes after the twister passes. Yeah. The, town, the town later rebuilt the downtown area and also kept the new fire truck used in the film. Oh, cool. Um, the scene where the explosion of the oil tanker was actually originally mistimed and was not caught on film. Bont decided not to tell the studio immediately, and the stunt was reset and filmed again, costing a rumored $500,000. Ouch. Oh, dang. So actually, the beginning of the movie, it was Steven Spielberg's idea to kill off the father in the opening scene. Originally, he would have survived, but it was decided his death would establish how dangerous tornadoes can be and the reason for Joe's obsession with them later in life. Yeah. Now, I'm almost done, so don't worry, but this... Knowing your personality of this next tidbit, I think it's going to be your favorite interesting fact on this movie. All right. In an early scene, when Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is sitting on a lawn chair, he lifts his left leg in the air <laughs> I already know. while laughing. Well, his genitals were fully visible for a split second, and it was <laughs> edited out of the DVD and VHS releases, but it was leaked from some VHS screeners and sent to industry professionals. That's great. You actually do that already? Yeah. Okay. Yep, I'd heard that one. Yeah, that one's funny. But definitely, that is definitely one of my favorite tidbits, and I was hoping that you were bringing that up. Yeah. Don't Uh, lie. You you, you probably Googled, you know, where are men's genitals shown in a natural disaster movie? (laughs) I mean, that that was one of the reasons I picked this film. Honestly. Um, All right. My last tidbit. Okay. And then we'll get into your, your recap and I will constantly interrupt you. Tidbits. So, uh, so I didn't really notice this. I didn't pay enough attention, but Dustin is wearing an OU university of Oklahoma hat. Uh And the reason producers chose that hat was because they did it out of spite because OU would not let them use the OU symbol on Dorothy. Huh. So like screw you we'll throw it on a hat instead <laughs> <laughs> so there you go i was just i would probably figure out who their rival was and put it on there instead there you go be supporting them and and believe it or not i deleted a lot of interesting tidbits that i noted down i do believe it because i, I was like I've, I've got to scale this down i do, <laughs> I do believe just, it because I mean, not because I mean, wait, number one, you do great research, but number two, there's I knew that I knew there was a lot to talk about this film because I remember there being like a big deal about it, and I remember like this being like a big film with like the sound, but also with a big thing in like the computer, you know, animations that did with like the the tornadoes and the cows and everything else, and like it just being yeah. like a big deal, like with everything. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even do a lot of research. I, I didn't get past my first resource. I'm yeah. like, I've already got way too much. I better stop here. Yeah, I totally believe it. 
But um, all right. Well, this is the part of the podcast where I will recap the film completely from memory, where I'm probably going to, even though as many times as I've seen this film, probably going to skip quite a few things on this one, even though the last one I did pretty well on, and I'd only seen it like once or twice. So um, here we go. Um, and then Jeff is going to grade me on a scale of A plus to F. With, of course, you know, A plus being the best and F being a complete failure. So this with, one, with, Twister. With, with full privilege to interrupt you whenever I want to throw exactly. you Exactly. Yep, yep. You are the child that will um, throw off the kid with ADD and completely throw him off a track. And it works almost every time. Um, so that will be saying that a lot. Uh, um. Yeah, so we start out, it is, I think it was June 1969. We are in Oklahoma on this little farm. It's storming. We hear some reports on the TVs about um, about a tornado. So the dad, who is, um, I think he's the dad from like Varsity Blues, the... Uh, um. Anyways, he's like one of the dads from Varsity Blues. That's the only thing I know him from. Him and... Did you know that they incorrectly had the TV display the words tornado warning when that term was not invented until 1974? Really? In 69, they would have just said tornado alert. Oh, I did not know that. Plus, her, her dad mentioned the F5. Yeah. And that scale was not introduced until 1971. So, mm. like her dad yeah. was already looking into the future. So, yeah, they they had a, t- a TV that told them the future. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, and then we got little baby Helen Hunt. She's asleep in bed. Um, I think she was played by one of the Spy Kids too, if I remember correctly. Oh wow! Yeah, and then um. They all three go down into the storm cellar. Uh, Toby, the dog, is still outside, so the dad goes and lets him in. The tornado comes over, and the door is starting to rattle, so the dad decides to go over and hold the door shut, and the door gets ripped off his hinges and sucks him and the door up into the tornado and never to be seen again, And which I never... Even when I watched this part as a kid, I was always like, if he would have just stayed with his family, <laughs> everything so would have been fine. And like, nobody would have been sucked up at all. Like, it's, it's just as much his fault as it is the tornadoes. It's funny you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and you know how I told you, I, I just kind of glanced over the goofs. Uh-huh. That was one of the goofs they mentioned. Yeah. It was like, why is the dad holding the door? Obviously, with the door ripped open, all you got to do is stand towards the back of your room and you're perfectly fine. Right. <laughs> like, like, defeated the whole purpose. So. Right. Even his, like, three-foot daughter was, like, halfway, like, to the door trying to reach for him, like, go after him and, like, wasn't even getting, like, lifted off the ground. So he would have been totally fine. Even the dog Which, was fine. I mean, you would think for somebody that sees the future, he would have known. <laughs> right. Don't grab the door head. <laughs> maybe, maybe he knew he had to sacrifice himself in order for his daughter to become a storm chaser. That's true. He had to 
yeah. I guess, uh, provide that motivation and inspiration, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we get into the future. We see Bill Paxton, him and his fiance are heading out to go meet Helen Hunt. She is um, all grown up now. She has a team of storm chasers, um, him and uh, Joe, who is Helen Hunt. They are still technically married. So he's trying to get her to sign some divorce papers so that him and his fiance can get married. And she's a therapist. She's getting phone calls this whole time. It's kind of like one of the comedic reliefs in the film. And they arrive and Helen Hunt's being kind of difficult about it. She she shows Bill Paxton about um, Dorothy, which is the storm. You know, it's like this uh, advanced tornado um data receiver thing exact sensors uh explains it better but i'm not exactly 100 sure on that i'm not a weatherman um and i'm kind of dumb on that stuff so i don't know that one but um they are trying to get it up in the air and they find out that uh carrie ellis he also has one. He's this other storm tracer. He's like like a rival team. He's got like corporate sponsors. So he's like the bad guy because he's sold out. Um, which I mean, you know, good for him. You know, he's got the, he's got the fat flashy gear. He's he didn't right. know what he was doing, but I mean, you know, I can't I don't I don't blame the guy for, you know, but I mean it's money, you know, like what <laughs> it's only gonna help you do like he's literally trying to do the same exact thing. Like it doesn't matter who gets the information as long as they're the it gets done. I never really understood why he was the bad guy for it. I mean, I guess for still in the idea, but you know, as long as it's getting done. Yeah, I, I read someone say something pretty funny. They were like, you know, they're downing this guy because of his corporate sponsors, but yet the other side is every chance they get, they're throwing Pepsi up there and they even use Pepsi cans to, <laughs> to, right. to, to put the wings on the little sensors. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, like you said, I'm like, you know, if, if we're being factual, you know, people don't use tornado whispers. Yeah. <laughs> like this Bill Harding guy, they use yeah. all the technology and everything that Jonas was doing. Exactly. That, that's how, and, and of course you'll get to it later, but, they kind of see a little bit of that towards the end as far as, Hey, the important thing is, is we get the information in the research that we need. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, so Bill Paxton, he's all, you know, upset because he's, this was his idea. So he feels like Carrie Ellis stole it. So he's like, all right, I'm going to join you guys and for one day because there's this big group of storms coming in. It's going to have a whole bunch of tornadoes. Uh, so, they um so he's like you got me for one day we're gonna try to get this up in the air so they they're heading out and this is where i'm gonna mess up because there's some tornadoes that happen and i'm gonna get them in the wrong order but i'm gonna try um so the first one happens and they go after it they uh they're in joe's truck who's helen hunt him and uh him and our her and Bill Paxton are in uh, her truck. They're heading out toward the tornado. They get it stuck in a ditch and they hide under a bridge and the truck gets picked up and demolished. So that's one Dorothy down, which they have four Dorothys, by the way. That's how I'm going to try to keep track of this, but it's probably still not going to help. 
Um, so let's point Dorothy down and then they, uh, they kind of regroup for a little bit at the diner. Um, and they chill out for a little bit and then they go and is this when they eat? That's not when they meet with Meg because they go and they have, they see another tornado first. And that's when they have like, oh, that's when they have like the three tornado. No. Oh, the truck drops right in front of uh, his fiance. I forgot about that. And it freaks her out because um, she swerves and almost has, you know, gets hit. And then they're, um, they're riding in, they're all three riding in Bill Paxton's truck and they are heading and they see tornadoes start to drop so they go and chase after it uh they have a dorothy in his truck now and they see um this tornado starts to drop over some water so they go after it and then it splits into two so now they have like three tornadoes surrounding them uh while they're on this tiny little road in the middle of the water which was so man that it with no barriers like dude that gave me anxiety just watching them drive on it without a tornado. Oh, man, that yeah. I, that would it's a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, and I'm about to share some stuff now. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know about you, but do you have any like recurring nightmares? Not um, like not like 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 you have them every night or anything like that. But it's just yeah. like the nightmares you do have. Is there a consistent theme on any of them? Um, not, not normally, but there are dreams that I've literally repeated that were like scary dreams. Um, so I've definitely had reoccurring nightmares. Yeah. Like recurring nightmares. Yeah. I've, I've only had two different ones and one of them always involves tornadoes. <laughs> not sure oh, why. I mean, I, I know when I was a kid, I was like terrified of them because, you know, they're unpredictable, you know, a hurricane yeah. you track several days and weeks out a tornado it's like bam and and plus we had this actually there was two incidents when i was a kid i was probably early middle school so i was probably in middle school and you know we had some bad weather rolling through and my dad wasn't home at the time so it was just me my mom and my sister uh-huh. and all of a sudden we hear this big train sound yeah so of course we're like holy crap so we're freaking out we're in the hallway you know you're, you're just your normal what school tornado drills where you're yeah. all like covering your head and we're crying we're, we're like all freaked out and then it's like the noise stops you know we're trying to call my dad and he's you know trying to get home and he's like and then it happened again like just a week or two later oh man long story short it was the attic fan causing that train. <laughs> so there was no tornado, but boy, it freaked me out for life. Oh so, yeah, man. That's, 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 if I have a nightmare, which I don't have them often, it's, it usually involves a tornado. And so I was, so actually when I was watching the movie, I think I watched it last night. Uh-huh. When I first, when I first started it, I'm like, Oh man, this is really going to trigger some nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched a tornado movie in I don't know how long. But yeah, I slept good last night. I don't remember any nightmares or bad dreams. So. Good, good, good. Day. I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah, that, that that was a freaky, freaky scene for sure. 
has I'm sure Stephanie probably has some bruises she doesn't know about. She doesn't understand why she has them. She's like, where did this bruise come from? Yeah. <laughs> we know sure. it's because your tornado nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um so so after this, that's when they go and they decide to um, you know, it's time to go get some food. So they go and they visit Aunt Meg. She's close by. Um and you know she's great. She feeds everybody. They go in to get showers. They all feel better. Um, and we start to notice, you know, there's a little thing between Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. Still, they're starting to get their little flirt on, a little tension. And um, then that they hear that there's. Is this where another tornado is? Yeah, they catch wind of another one and. Yeah, they catch wind of another one, so they take off, and um, they head out to um, to go, and that's when they break away from uh, Bill Paxton senses that the tornado is going to shift, so they break away and go the other way from away from uh, Carrie Ellis's team, and they get ahead of it. And I'm trying to think of what this tornado does. Which one is this one? This is a bigger one. Well, was this the one that, that hit the drive-in movie theater? No, this isn't that one. Okay. They went and chased one. And I think I think maybe this one just sucked up before they could do anything with it. Is that it? I think another another one there was one like that. Yeah. I'm thinking it might be this one. Because I don't think anything happened with it. And then um or maybe is this the one where where it shifted and Carrie Ellis dies? Is um, it that one? It's possible. I don't know. There were so many. I can't yeah. I lose track as far as the order. I know. I know. This is that's the part that I knew I was gonna screw up on. Like I, I knew I was gonna get so good on everything else because but anyways, um that happened. And then um that's when they decide, like, let's go, you know, have an easy night at the drive-in. So they go and they're at the drive-in, and then that's when you know they're having a double feature there. It's it's the shining and um psycho. And while uh, the shining is going on a tornado comes through and it was you know nobody was expecting it kind of happened out of nowhere and they all survive you know they're in the building while it gets re- and it gets wrecked um and that's when that's when uh bill paxton's fiance is like i'm done i'm out and she's not even mad about it she's just like i'm i'm out and uh so they go and uh that's when they find out that aunt meg is um her house has been destroyed as well they go and they find her um she's still alive but they're going to the hospital and then that's when they kick it into overdrive and they go and they find um there's this other tornado that's dropping down and it's supposed to be a huge one and that's the um the f5 and they um basically like this is the big showdown and this is like where all the action happens and they're like driving through houses and uh 
they finally figure out that, you know, like the best way to do it is it's going to have to like stay in the air um, through the truck. So they leave it set up on the truck and they get it up in the air and then the tornado is coming towards them. So Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, they take off running, they go hide in a barn. They put this leather belt around their waist and um, tie themselves to a pipe and they get, uh, the tornado comes and sucks everything else around them. Uh, somehow they get, don't hit if any debris get like hits them like somehow. And uh, the leather belts don't break. They get sucked up into the air. Like there's no gravity. Helen Hunt gets to see in the middle of the tornado and the eye of it. And she has like a little moment with, you know, of peace with herself and they survive and they realize that they love each other. And, the end. Bravo, bravo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that, that was difficult, especially with so many scenes were very similar as far as <laughs> they're just yeah. different tornadoes. They're trying to remember to put them in order. So, yeah, I'm going to pull a little steam. No, I'm not going to start <laughs> off with an A. Plus. You know, I don't do A. Pluses. Not that I won't do one, but it's difficult. I will give you a solid A. All right. So let, let's just hope. Well, thank that... you. Thank you. I'm I'm doing good this month. Natural disaster is so far. It's my, it's a good semester. Well, I mean, lucky for you, as long good as class. I'm, not, I'm doing doing good in this class. Yeah, as as long as I don't have a plot pulled up to where I can. <laughs> <laughs> so with my memory, your chances of you doing worse than a B are, are very slim. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So but Jeff, yeah, what, solid what a. uh, thank you. What did you think about Twister, man? Like what I know, I know you probably have, I mean, other than your fear of it, like that set aside, what, what did you think about this movie? It, and it, it's a weird fear because, and you know I, what? I'll let you. I'll let you do the rating scale too because because you were absent. So you can do the. You can pick what we're rating these out of today. Okay, but like I said, it, it's a weird fear because I find tornadoes so fascinating. Yeah, and and interesting, and and there is a little part of me, as long as I could be assured of my safety, <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be cool to see one in person. Um, again, now I don't want to chance that. Cause... Oh, yeah, that's the part. That's the part that's scary. Yeah, but uh, so man, what is our scale going to be today? I always forget to uh, all right, I got it out of five camels. All right, they use a camel's moan, five moaning camels. Or, yeah, five, there you go. Five moaning camels. <laughs> uh, so it's been a long time since I've watched this movie. I've and I've I've shared before that I'm not really big on rewatching movies. So I'm not like yeah. you where I you know I watched it several times. I probably saw it at most twice, and they were probably both within you know 96 through 98 somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, and you know. Like you, I remember it being a big deal. It's not one of those movies that I feel like you almost have to grade it through the lens of the time period. Yeah. Because this movie was incredible in 1996 as far, and, and, and in my opinion, it still ages really well. 
Yeah. Um, I'd love to see it in theaters now with the advanced technology as far as the sound and, you know. I think they have maybe re-released it once or twice. I feel like they maybe have. Like, even like in the 4DX that I just did for Scream. I wonder what that would be like. That would be cool. The fans (laughs) would be turned up high the whole time. Your chair starts spinning around. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's puking up popcorn and nachos. But, uh, so yeah, I, I still think the movie ages very well. Uh, what did you think of uh, his fiance's character? I think, well, what's funny about it is I was watching this and I was like, man, our opinions on therapists have came a long way because, yeah, <laughs> because she was like a joke in the, in the movie. But I'm like, man, like he's, and he was like offended. He was like, I'm not saying, any, I, she's like, I'm not saying you need therapy. And I'm like, man, like, that's like totally the opposite opinion about what, and they actually, I was like, man, y'all all need therapy, honestly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I actually thought the exact same thing when that scene, that that's probably one of the sections that didn't age well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's the stereotype that we've been trying to fight for the last 20, 30 years is that therapy is a sign of weakness, especially, mm-hmm. especially for men. Yeah. So it's luckily we've made huge, still got a long ways to go, but made huge strides in that area. But yeah, I, I didn't care much for her character. I, I know there was a big attempt at the humor. Yeah. But I, I found the times that she was on her telephone, just annoying. I, I didn't really find that funny. And I, I felt like they just kept doing it over and over. And I was like, all right, we get it. Your, yeah. your, your clients are interrupting you while you're in the middle of a tornado or chasing a tornado. But I get why her character was necessary. Uh, just between the dy- dynamic of um, Joe and Bill yeah, you know, be divorced and him trying to get remarried, and you know she, man, she was a jerk at the beginning. You know, as far yeah. as purposely stalling to not hand over the the papers and not sign the last page and all that. But I think the only really purpose her character served, and I, I think I even read this because I was kind of thinking the same thing. She's the one that's asking all the questions that viewers would probably need to ask. Oh yeah. That aren't familiar with all the science behind tornadoes and just the natural our proxy. Exactly. So, yeah. so they're having to answer her questions, which in, in turn also keeps the, the audience, I guess that makes total in, sense involved. So, so from that standpoint, I, I see it's necessary. I still didn't love her character. So I would probably knock that a little bit. So Having said all that, I'm going to give this a very solid three and a half moaning camels. All right. Still a great movie. Uh, like I said, for the most part, I think it aged pretty well. Um, I you know, would love to see it re-release. Love to see it in theaters. I'm pretty sure when I did see it, it was not in the theaters. Um, so even though this is one of my recurring nightmares, but oddly enough, as I've gotten older, I'm not scared of storms. I actually enjoy a good thunderstorm. And yeah. Even when there's a tornado watch, I'm not really bothered by it because, you know, I know the the chances of you getting hit by one are still very, very, very slim. But so anyway, what does Mr. Parker think about? Oh, we forgot to do the guess. So we we won't worry about the guessing since you didn't guess mine. So All all right, we'll do it next time. Um so actually I was actually really close to a tornado. I've actually been like less than a mile from a tornado. Uh one night I woke up in the middle of the night and i was just like 
and I just kind of had that feeling. I get up and I look and the, the sky, like it's in the middle of the night and the skies are just green. And I was just like, oh no, like I kind of got like the hair on the back of my neck stood up and got everybody in the house in the closet and yeah, freaked out. Um, but yeah, everybody was okay as far as we were concerned. And yeah, but that's not what I thought about this film. So um, yeah, actually, so you know, I'm rating this as a natural disaster film. And I mean, man, this one is pretty perfect, honestly. Like, I don't know. Like it so for me, like a natural disaster film, you know, it, it of course it's gotta have be a natural disaster, but it's also gotta be have like a little bit of that B movie quality to it. And this one does that, you know? Um with like the way that the tornadoes kind of have like personalities, you know, like like you said, like they each have like their own, you know, they're like, I don't know, they're, they're each different characters. You know what I mean? Like you got like this, the one that's the sisters and then you got like, oh, it was just a little, you know, the F1, the F2s, the F3s. And then you got the big, you know, big bad daddy, the F5, the finger of God at the end, you know, like the one that, that no one's even allowed to talk about, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like Voldemort, you know, in the land of, <laughs> in the land of fucking uh storm chasers like you say f5 and everybody just gasps yeah. and stares at you um <laughs> like you would have thought uh, you said beetlejuice or something right <laughs> like, right exactly like oh man so um so uh she so um yeah so i'm sorry i, I totally spaced out and um but like yeah i, I love that kind of stuff like I don't know. It's all goofy and silly. Um, but, you know, I don't even know that necessarily that that they meant to do it at the time, um, which is, makes it even better, in my opinion. But I uh, I actually have a lot of fun with this. And I thought I did not think that I was going to like it as much as I did, because like I, like you, I have not seen this. And I've, I've seen it a lot more than you had back when it was released. Um, because, you know, like when you would go over to like a friend's house and we were going to friends' houses, people were coming over like every every weekend we were going somewhere, you know, someone was coming over. So like we were always getting movies and like, of course, t- parents got Twister like in the group of movies like every night for like or every weekend for probably like six or seven months. You know what I'm saying? Because they wanted to watch it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, but. I had a lot of fun with it this time. I thought I was going to hate it. I thought it was going to be a lot cornier. Um, and it, when it was corny, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. It was actually not the bad kind of corny. It was like the one that I actually enjoyed. And her character was really annoying. I do agree. Um, and I I don't know if it was just the person playing her or like her over-the-top accent or what it is, you know? But or like her her voice and i hate to talk about people's voice because you know they can't really control it but her voice was really grating and i know we're not supposed to like her too much because we you know we don't want to feel bad for them two getting together you know we kind of want to root for them at the same time we we don't want to like her too much um and feel too sympathetic for her but you know um she is annoying (laughs) but uh the one thing that did 
that I will kind of say that I didn't like that you didn't touch on was um so like I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but it's called like ADR. And it's where they go back and record lines that maybe they didn't get good audio for in the original recording. And so they'll go back and they'll record like in the booth, like, you know, kind of like what we're doing right now. And they'll have the actors like say the lines again to match them up to what they're saying. And there's a few times where this in this film, and I can even remember this, like noticing this kind of thing, like when I was a kid, that like the ADR just doesn't like they were saying the lines and and they were saying like it wasn't even things that they could um like where you were saying like where they maybe like edited out the the language or anything but like the words just like didn't really match up with like the way they were saying it like their expression and the way that they were saying it and the and like the tone was just like the way it didn't match up with like their expression and stuff i was just kind of weird um so things like that are just kind of sloppy but with that being said uh, I'm going on a rant and rambling here now. I am going to give this a four. Um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. I mean, I feel like with natural disasters, it's so easy to make it like a really bad one. And I've seen a lot of bad ones. I've seen a lot of boring ones. I've seen a lot of ones that go on way too long where I'm just like, okay, we get it, we get it, we get it. But with this, like, even though there are like you know even though we couldn't like put them in order with the tornadoes like every one of them like the way it was paced was very very fun and very you, you know i was i was intrigued the whole time and you know it's one of those ones like i'm like i sh- i'm going to have to come back and watch twister again you know more than more than just this time for the podcast um so yeah i'll give it a four moaning camels jeff yeah and and you kind of alluded to it. I think the pacing was was very was excellent because yeah. you don't go a lot of time in between tornadoes. So right. you know, a lot of people that love the action flick, they're like, "Man, they're spending too much time on this this whole love triangle or this and that." And you know, I felt like they spent just enough time to to tackle all the little side plots uh, that, that was required or needed before. And, and of course it you know, the movie more or less in real time happens within like a 24 hour period. Um, so it's not like the next day or two days, there's another tornado. I mean, it's, which, you know, is is realistic in a lot of ways, especially in tornado alley, they could have a huge outbreak and there's just like tons of tornadoes within 24 hour period. So yeah. the, the, the pacing was really, was done really well. Uh, like you said, I mean, it's just tornado after tornado and, you know, in those brief quiet moments, they're tackling advancing the story like like they need to. Um, so yeah, it was I'd agree. It's it's it was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, so much fun. Um, yeah, so it's like what an average of 3.75. So yeah, that's not bad at all, man. I'm having a lot of fun this month. Um, two really good movies so far. I do I know you say you didn't watch Contagion, um, but I definitely recommend, man. Go back and watch it. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a good movie. It's definitely a good watch and a lot of good acting in it. So you'll have fun with it. Cool. Um, so Jeff, uh, you get to pick next week, and what are we gonna watch? All right. Before that, would you like to do a dude or dud? Oh yeah, yeah. We sure do. I actually forgot to do that last week. 
So damn, sorry, Steen. That's all right. Um, <laughs> so, sometimes we forget. I'm sure we've had older. We do. We've that. done that. We've forgotten like three weeks in a row one time. I think. <laughs> what? Who is your dude or dud of the week? All right. I mentioned him before, Mr. Dustin, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Such a fun character. He's just one of those, like, man, we all need a Dustin on our team. Uh, and like I said, I mean, Philip Hoffman, he's just one of those guys that you can give him 15 minutes of screen time, and he is going to make the most of it. He's yeah. he's going to be one of the characters you remember. I, you know, it's... I, you, you know, you mentioned Jack Black would have been great for that role. And man, but just Philip just did such a great job. Uh, just such a fun dude. It's just like, man, that's somebody I want to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, he just did phenomenal. Um, so he's, I'm going to give him my dude of the week. All right, man. I am going to go with a dude of the week as well. I'm going to go with Aunt Meg because man, I know everybody has that person and they don't, maybe they're not like a person that they're related to, but everybody knows that Aunt Meg, you know what I mean? Like where you can just pop up at her house at any time and she's like, I'm going to throw you in what you want. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be like a female. It could be a male, you know what I mean? Like that person that will just get up and just make you whatever they got in their fridge. And we love those people because those people are great. Um, Everybody needs that Aunt Meg in their life. And if you don't have one, I'm so sorry because that's just really unfortunate. But maybe you are the Aunt Meg. If you don't have one, maybe you are the Aunt Meg. And if you are the Aunt Meg, the world needs the world the world's better with you being in it. <laughs> yeah. And invite us over anytime for staying. Exactly. Eggs. For real. If you're if you're if just email us for sure. <laughs> Um, all right, so Jeff, now, <laughs> now, actually, what are we going to be watching next week? Actually, instead of now, how about my random question of the week? Okay, let's do that. And luckily, you're the editor, so you can always edit this part out, and it's all good. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. What do we got? So, I try to give you a heads up sometime on these because some of them are a little bit more thought provoking, or so I forgot to do that this time, but. I don't think this one requires a lot of thought, but would you like to share your worst or a bad, doesn't matter, vacation or road trip experience? My worst? Or just a bad one. Does that have to be your worst? Um, I will say there was one time where we, um, we told, or uh, we had a friend that, had forgotten like we didn't find out until that we were on the road that they had forgotten their money and so we basically had to like pay for everything like me and my friend had to split there like because it was like three of us and we had to split there everything for them pretty much the whole time so it was like a big bummer because that was pretty much like all of our extra money so like all of our extra money went to like supporting this person that wound up never paying us back so wow that was my worst road trip experience yeah that's pretty bummy and they didn't pay you back that's, yeah uh, and they didn't want to pay these back so yeah man you reckon yeah. that was planned was it planned that way oh i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure yeah. i'm sure what about you man what is your worst or bad story 
So I'm not sure if this is the worst, or maybe it is. And it just happened. <laughs> so get this. We get to New Orleans, and, you know, we got an Airbnb. And, you know, we're pulling up, and, you know, it's right off the bat. It's in a very sketchy-looking area, which I was somewhat prepared for. Because uh, yeah. even though this place was highly, it was reviewed extremely well on Airbnb, you know, if there was a negative comment, there were a few people that kind of said, you know, hey, it's it is in a sketchy looking area. So, you know, was kind of expecting that. So not a big deal. Yeah. So we get into the house. I mean, it's awesome on the inside. It's a very it's been updated, very nice, spacious, hot tub, the whole bit. So it's great. Mm-hmm. So um, and I, I think we're getting ready to leave to go out for dinner. And there's pretty much only one entrance in accessible entrance into this place and it's through the front door and there's a storm door so we go to leave and the handle from the inside of the storm door just comes off oh man and the part on the outside goes through far enough to where i can't get to it and the door's in the lock mode because you can't turn the handle (laughs) so now there is a back door you know that goes to like the hot tub and a courtyard area but mm-hmm. on both alleys you know because there's houses really close to one another yeah uh, there's a wood gate that's locked from the outside oh man so i couldn't say you know i'm calling the owner saying look there's like i'm stuck in this house and there's like oh well, i'm pretty sure there's you, you go this way and then the gate will open i like facetime i'm like dude i can see through the crease there's a lock yeah and um so luckily one of the alleys did like dump out next to the front porch. So uh-huh. I had to, I had to scale up the front porch. Uh, so I could get, get the front storm door open. Oh my gosh. And, but it gets worse, Parker. It gets a little worse. Uh-huh. So, you know, they'll, you know, they say, okay, we'll send somebody out to fix the door, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I said, that's fine. I said, but you need to let me know exactly what time they're coming because if we're up in this house and we hear someone fooling with the front door, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be freaking out, shooting somebody or something. You need to let us know. So they're like, yeah, okay, we'll we'll let you know. So you know, we, we go out to dinner, and when we get back, you know, we, we get in the house and we still haven't unpacked and stuff. And Steph was getting ready to roll because at the front of the house was a living room and you know kitchen and a long hallway where you go to bedrooms and that kind of stuff. So she's getting ready to roll the uh our big suitcase down the hall and she just freezes like a look of panic like she's just <laughs> in shock uh-huh. and, I, and i can tell she can't speak so i look down the hallway and there's actually a unit connected to ours and you, i mean you could tell it was originally just one big house and they just kind of sectioned it off but there's just one door in the hallway that connects us to the other unit that stays locked, you know, and the door don't even have like a door handle on it. So, I mean, it's that type of door it is. It just stays locked. And now luckily it turned out that there was nobody in that unit, but that door is slammed wide open. Oh man. And we're like, what the hell? I mean, (laughs) so I tell Steph to get back to the front of the house. I grab my gun and clear out every room in the house thinking, is there somebody in our house? And uh, looking under beds, checking closets. Man, my adrenaline was rushing. Didn't see anybody in the house. 
I mean, luckily the back door was still locked and the uh, only entrance into the unit that adjoins ours was locked as well. Yeah. So I'm like, so I messaged the owner said, you need to call me right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I told Steph, I'm like, at this point they, they better give us a refund and we're hightailing it to a safe, <laughs> safer hotel. But I get a hold of them and they're like, oh yeah, the, our, our property manager stopped by and did notice that the front door was going to need a repair man. So she wanted to unlock that door. So in case you got stuck again, you could just go out the other unit. Yeah. And I was like, that'd have been great information to tell me. as, soon as she <laughs> did it. Uh, and, and the way the door was, and I maybe just it's slightly unlevel when it's not locked, it sways open. Oh, uh, I gotcha. So had it not swayed open, we would have had no idea that it was locked or unlocked. Yeah. We wouldn't thought anything of it, but, to come in and plus the light from the other unit was on. So we see a light flashing in from an open door. That's not supposed to be open. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. bet that was kind of freaky. Yeah. But so yeah, that was, did that you was, still get your refund? We stayed. Um, once, I mean, I, you know, once we knew it wasn't because somebody, because yeah. my thing is, is who has access to this place. That, that's right. what worried me. Yeah. I mean, even if it wasn't an intruder, but you know, Somebody was sneaking in and watching you sleep. Exactly. (laughs) You know, the explanation made, yeah, you know, their explanation made sense. So, you know, still wasn't happy about it, but, you know, we stayed, didn't have any other problems while we were there as far as where we stayed at. Of course, I ain't. I ain't giving up no hot tub if I ain't got to. Oh, I feel you. I feel that. For sure, man. I feel you. All right. So. To conclude this way too long podcast, (laughs) the next movie, and this is totally in dedication to my wife, Um, it is a movie on Netflix called How It Ends, Okay, and and it stars a gentleman named Theo James, who she has the biggest Hollywood crush on. He was the male lead in the Divergent movies. He played, uh, his name was Four. Yes, okay. for the number F O U R, but he's the yeah. main character or one of the main characters in this movie. So she's probably going to want to watch this one with me because it features him. So, so there All you right. go. How it ends on Netflix is our next movie. All right, cool, cool, cool. And like, what is that? Like in a was it like an apocalypse type movie? Yeah, that's. I don't know a lot about it, to be honest with you, but okay, something like that. I don't know if it's more along the lines of an earthquake or the world is ending type thing or cool. Awesome. I like a good earthquake movie. I haven't kind of getting, kind of getting all of them so far this, uh, this month. Like we've gotten so far, we've gotten disease. We got tornadoes. Now we're getting earthquakes. So, so not, but, but if it's not earthquakes, don't, don't hold me to it. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it is maybe I haven't seen this one either. So, it's kind of cool. We're also going from one we've kind of we've all both been familiar with to one that neither one of us are familiar with. So cool. Um, awesome. Well, Jeff, um, yeah, if you want to check that out, just watch that, you know, on Netflix and check that out with us next week. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming back and for joining me, man. I missed you. I'm so glad that you're back. Um, anything else you got to say before we get out of here? Oh, man, it's great to be back again. Thanks uh, to 
immediately know for for filling in uh maybe next time we can get both of them on or maybe they can join us maybe we can join them their content kind of does what uh i know like a lot, a lot of true crime type stuff yeah maybe some paranormal stuff too paranormal yeah. true crime i actually started listening to their podcast today they're awesome yeah. um free free plug-in for them but yeah uh sting did a great job uh and my life advice don't collect things collect experiences and memories yeah <laughs> so uh we love to travel we love to have experiences and memories how about you parker what, what are you going to end this with um yeah i didn't travel i was literally here the whole time so um but i definitely was collecting experiences nonetheless um yeah man um thanks yeah thanks i just want to echo everybody uh or echo everybody echo jeff and uh say thanks to everybody um yeah thanks to immediately know again for helping us out last week we really do appreciate that um thanks to everybody for listening uh we really do appreciate that thanks for supporting us if you do want to um, support us further, you can do so by checking out our Patreon down in the show notes. Um, link to that can go help us financially there. If you can't help us financially, uh, we do understand uh, there is um, ways that you can do that by not, you know, spending a cent. You can give us a one-time rating and review on whatever podcast you are listening to and you can always make sure that you are subscribed so that you get the episode in your feed every sunday night um and uh yeah thanks again and remember roll the maps never fold them ah nice Good to, have, good to have you back, man. It was good to be back. I, I probably talked enough for, for two podcasts because uh, I guess I missed some. So. <laughs> <laughs>